Hello there, welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree with returning guests that I call Odd Numbers, because there's two of us. The returning guest for this episode is the amazingly talented and very, very driven Bethany Renee Williams, along with being the CEO and wearer of all the hats at Coffee Fueled Marketing. She's really great to talk to, bounce ideas off of, and spring a pop quiz on. Also, she had a really great year in 2019, right after being on my show for the first time in late 2018. Coincidence? For more on this episode, please visit toacertaindegree.com. Now, on with the show. Queen on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week and every week from 7 to 9 every week. That's all I've that's all I do. Wait, no, that's not all I do. Every week from 7 to 9, I come in and I talk to a really interesting, compelling, wonderful person. This week is a returning guest. Bethany Renee Williams is here. Good morning, Bethany. Hey, hey everyone. How's it going? I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just me talking. I mean, that's fine too, but I'm sure it's more fun if there's (laughs) someone here with you. It's way more fun and better for everyone involved. Uh, Bethany is here from Coffee Fueled Marketing, so you can find her on all of the major social media, some of the minor social media. Yeah, all of them. At Coffee Fueled. All 40 of them. (laughs) And you were originally on about this time last year. We had met at a market. I didn't know you at all, but you seem like a very interesting person. Yeah, I had blue hair then, so. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I look for. If you have blue hair, I'm going to invite you on the show. That's, That's my... For, so if I went down the list of things that I look for in a potential guest, it's blue hair, glasses, which you also have, yeah. uh, an interesting style in got terms of... a lot of, of tattoos. Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Creativity. That's, that's probably fourth or fifth, but okay. yeah, that's up there. That's uh, That would be like my number two, but... Oh, really? Yeah, I feel it, like tattoos make a person more creative. It denotes creativity yeah. to you? That's interesting. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But yeah, so I wanted to have you back on and you were gracious enough to come on and get up or in this case, I think stay up all night. Stay up all night. So we've got the fatigue poisons running. We have got (laughs) you never know what she's going to say, which is why I, you know, made sure to know where the dump button is just in case (laughs) something happens. But uh, if you want to listen to the original interview, which was great, you can go to a website called toacertaindegree.com. Actually, sorry, you can go to acertaindegree.com because I did register that finally. And so either way works because of that confusing name that I have. That's smart for marketing. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) And you are an expert in marketing, so that's all I'm going to ask you about is marketing for my show. Now that we're on the air... (laughs) I have you trapped. You have uh, no way out. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I wanted to play that song, uh, Queen Melancholy Blues. That was from their News of the World album. Not because I'm melancholy today, because I have this wonderful guest in, but because Maker Faire is over. And so that's something, Maker Faire Orlando, that a lot of people work hard all year for. And it's a great event and it's over now. And there's like this feeling like you, you work so hard and you meet weekly for this thing. And, you know, you put in hours upon hours and it's all volunteer based. And then all of a sudden it's over and you're left with sort of this feeling of relief. 
but then also of, okay, now what do I do? So I don't know if you've ever done something like that where you're like, okay, now I have all this time. I'm relieved to be out of this thing. Do you have something that you do or do you have a way to just sort of look at, okay, what do, so for example, for me, it's a matter of, all right, what is my next passion project? What's the next thing I should be working on? Um, I think for me, I think the only time I really felt like that was when I quit my corporate job. Mm-hmm. And I remember within the first few weeks of quitting that job, I was like, what do I do with all of this time? Because I was getting up at like 5 a.m. and driving all over the place and then getting home at like 7 and then working all night on my business. So then going from not getting up at 5 a.m. and going to work for someone else to working for myself, the first few weeks of that were really weird. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can do whatever I want. So it almost felt like you retired. Yeah, it was was weird. It was like I can... I can go to anywhere. I could go to a coffee shop. I could get on a plane. Like I can do whatever I want. And I think that's like the first, the first experience I have with something like that of feeling like, okay, this is over. What do I do now after putting in all of this work? But I mean, it, it was nice. I feel like for you, it's recurring though. So like every year you do that. Uh, same yeah. Thing. So unfortunately I just, we should probably just start working on 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's how it works with those big events. It's just like, okay, let's get going on next year. Yeah, there is this period of, okay, let's just, obviously cleanup is happening today, so there's going to be a little bit of that. And what happens is you have all these grand plans on the things that you're going to do, right? Like, okay, so we need to organize this this year, and we had this great idea, and so we're going to do that. And then, you know, April, May, June comes around, and you're like, oh, gosh, we have to start planning. Do you guys do that the same time every year? Is right around, in- yeah, so right around uh, next year is going to be a little bit different. So we've had to move it. Um, one, because it used to be in October and then Creative City Project came mm-hmm. along, which is a great event, mm-hmm. but there's no reason to have those two competing yeah. uh, for, you know, basically the same creative type of people. And so we moved to November. So the only consideration next year is whenever the election is. Oh, yeah. So don't want to be too close to that either uh, right before or right after because I feel like that's a, you know, it's interesting because that's a, it, it shouldn't be a consideration. It's on a Tuesday. It's, <laughs> you know, an election. But I think that some people need a little time to recover one way or the other. Yeah. Um, because of now that. for five days. Yeah. Yeah. Going to some sort of hibernative state. I'm from Canada, so I don't really understand your ways, you Americans. We're like, okay, we've elected a new president. We must all nap for five days now. There can be no events for the next five days. I think it should be like nap for five. Just take a rest for five days. And I'll apply this to Brexit. I won't say this for presidential campaigns. Just vote on it. Take, in their case, they should have taken about five months and then re-vote. And just see, just as it does it feel right. I mean, it's just like with anything else in life, I guess, you know, buyer's remorse. Yeah. So it's like, I just bought this, this, uh, think about it. Like if, what if you got a car Mm -hmm. and then five months later you could decide, do I still want this car? Do I want a different car? Right. Cause it takes five, what's the, you get 48 hours or 72 hours to bring yeah. it back for, yep. yeah, that's not enough you, time. You, you're still so absorbed in the new car smell. Oh, you're, like, you're taken with that. Yeah. Who knows? They may be pumping more oxygen, like extra oxygen yeah. into it. It like has purified oxygen in it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that. We're going to do the five-month rule for okay. everything from now on. Okay, cool. I'll um, submit a bill. We'll get that that going through Congress. Oh, great. I thought you meant to submit a bill to me, like, for the marketing <laughs> plan like, for the five-month project. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> where a bill goes to become a law. Right. Again, Canadian. I'm not sure how you guys do things down here. That is really interesting. Uh, so Coffee Fueled, you were on last year. We talked a little bit about marketing and some of your predictions for 2019. Um, and I remember one was uh, Pinterest yep. uh, becoming big. So uh, I am not in the demographic for Pinterest, um, obviously. And I am still struggling with how to fit you know, my different brands and my different efforts and things uh, onto social media in general. So I'm still concentrating on Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Twitter. Yeah. But what happened with pin, uh, Pinterest this year? So I haven't looked at like the 2019 growth statistics mm-hmm. or anything. Um, I could look those up before we get off of uh, the radio today so we could actually have some realistic numbers. But I can give you a real-life example. I've had yeah. more clients this year ask for Pinterest help than I have in the past. So I've gotten more people paying for Pinterest than they okay. than they they were previously. So I feel like that's a good indicator. Oh, that's a great that indicator. People yeah, people are interested in Pinterest, and I think the reason it's grown so much is it's a visual platform that's not really restricting. Um, whereas like Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, like they've all become pretty restricted and and regulated, and creatives don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Pinterest hasn't really done that, at least not yet. I hope they don't. So for any kind of product-based company, something visually appealing or aesthetic, they can go on Pinterest, post their content, their product photography, all of that kind of stuff. And it's going to do better than it will on Instagram right now. You're going to reach more people and the advertising is a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's keeping it um, in a good growth ratio. A little more relevant, yeah. yeah. Just because they have a lower cost and less restriction. So they're trying to be competitive in the marketplace. Yeah. And I mean, they did hire their first um, chief marketing officer. So that person is probably helping them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas before they were kind of, I don't know what they were doing. They didn't have a a chief marketing officer. I don't know how you do marketing without that. But (laughs) I guess I don't think Pinterest is the kind of company that outsources marketing. I wouldn't see that being a a thing they would do. So I'm not sure what they were doing before, but I've definitely seen some uh, growth now that they have that person. It's interesting because, you know, you get some of these, and I don't want to call Pinterest an older brand by any means, but, you know, in the traditional marketing sense and the traditional organizational sense, you have older brands that think, why why would we need that? We're established. We're Mm -hmm. this. You know, people know us. Yep. And I might imagine that Pinterest, Pinterest is a big listener, so maybe they can (laughs) let us know if we're wrong about this, but Pinterest was in kind of the same boat. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the factor here, being like we've been around, we're established, we have millions of people on our website, on our app, why do we need more? So, but I think there is a really big market opportunity for them right now, just because other social media platforms aren't really doing their best. So it's that opportunity for a, a platform like Pinterest or even like LinkedIn or something that's not necessarily up to par with these bigger players like Facebook and Instagram. It's a chance for them to step it up and really take in that spotlight. Are you a, would you consider yourself a digital native uh, generationally? I 
or am, pretty close to it. I'm in that weird gap in between Gen X or no Gen Z and millennials. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be Y and Z. So I'm in between being a Gen Z and a millennial. So I was born in '95. So I'm in that like weird area where I knew about like '90s cartoons and like Mortal Kombat on a Windows 2000 computer and like that kind of stuff, but also into the side of technology where we started getting like cell phones and and that kind of stuff that were mm-hmm. actually you know able to fit in a pocket, not fit in the middle of a truck console or sure, something. Sure, sure, and had uh, a cord or yeah. something. Yeah, so. Like that weird generation. So I would say my whole life has been full of technology. So from from that perspective, then, you know, you're looking at social media a little bit differently. When was the first time you thought, okay, I can help people with this or I can do stuff with this? I think I really realized that what uh, my freshman year of high school. Um, that's when I first started like managing pages mm-hmm. because Facebook allowed that feature. And I was actually, I know this is hard to believe. I was actually the president of spirit club. <laughs> um, if, if people like on the radio saw me, they'd probably not believe that because I'm wearing like all black and it just doesn't, I don't seem like the person who embodies spirit club. Okay. So I was the president of spirit club. And- I, I just see a very different spirit club, like with a lot of Ouija boards <laughs> And, you know, uh, like darker this candles. One, this is like pep club, I'm talking. Okay, yeah, no, 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 I yeah. know it, okay. yeah. I just, I just like the idea of a true spirit club. <laughs> spirit club. Yeah. You're so, talking to the dead, yeah. So, Magic exactly, eight balls, exactly. answering yep, all your questions. Yep, that was yeah, exactly sure. what, what it was. <laughs> so I was the president of that club in high school my freshman year, and I was just trying to figure out, we had, like, all these events throughout the year, and I was like, how am I going to tell everyone about these, like, we can hang flyers around the school, I guess, but there has to be a better way. And in 2009, Facebook had really just like started to take off. Like it had, it had shifted to the public away from college use mm-hmm. and everyone was on it. So I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a page on Facebook specifically for our club. And I'm going to put all of our events on there and I'm going to add all my friends on that page. So I think that was the first page I actually managed to get people into something and I, th- I did think about things in a different way because I was raised around marketing. Um, my mom had been in newspaper her whole life. My dad had been in sales. So my brain was just honestly wired with like a third language of marketing. It was like, how can I tell everyone about this? What's the quickest way to do this? What's something everyone is on? And I still think about that with like new technology and, and stuff too. But I think that was the big move in, 20, in 2009. So Let me ask you this then because... You know, growing up in that sort of environment, not only with the technology coming online, but then with your parents and that influence, you know, for marketing, you have to make the assumption that nobody knows what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You have to explain it to them from scratch. And again, going back to those older brands or those uh, uh, brands that think of themselves much more highly you know, they, to explain that to them Mm -hmm. is difficult at best, but you're pre-wired for it. Do you run into those, uh, brands or the people related to those brands where they're like, well, I don't know if we really need this, like social media, we have customers already, but I'm reticent to get in that. Like, is that the worst client for you or the best client for you? I think that people are predisposed to resist change. Yeah. 
And it doesn't matter what generation you're from, how old you are. It, it really doesn't matter. You're predisposed to resist change. I mean, there's a brand new app out. It's called TikTok. Um, I guess it's not brand new, but you know, it's growing. Relatively um, new, it's yeah. pretty new. It's newer than like Instagram and, and Facebook and things like that. But huge and, growth rate on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's growing a lot. Um, a lot of businesses are on there. I think it's going to be pretty big. I created an account and I will say as a marketer, I was, a, I was a little hesitant. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like it's so Gen Z. It's extremely young. It's a very young platform. It's like I'm talking a 13 to 17 year old demographic. Mm -hmm. And I think even seeing that from my perspective of being like a little hesitant and I was like, I don't know about this, but I did it anyway because I have to stay on, on trend and, and I know it's going to be big. So, you know, pushing through that resistance, but everyone has a little bit of resistance to change. So whenever I have a client that's resistant to change, I try to look at it from how would I feel and try to address them in that way. Like, what did they want to hear? Are they more motivated by money? Are they more motivated by values? Like, what matters to them? And usually it's money. Let's let's be honest. If they own a huge business and they've been around for a long time, they usually are motivated by money. Sure. So I usually, I'm a very matter-of-fact person, and that's why a lot of my clients work with me. I just tell them how it is. And I'm like, if you don't like it, you could probably find someone who will sugarcoat things for you, but I'm not that person. So I usually just say, here's what I recommend for your marketing strategy. And if they're like, no, no, like we don't want to do that. We just want to run ads on the radio or some older technique. I'm going to be like, that's fine. You can, you can do that if you want, but you're going to lose a lot of money. Like, do you want to make money? And usually they're going to say, yeah, of course I want to make money. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to make money, then this is what you need to do. So I think everyone's resistant to change and just finding a way to address that with businesses is just figuring out what really matters to them. And I think that's the only way to go about it. Well, I like the idea of showing them they're building just in rubble yeah, and their brand on fire. I think if that's part of your presentation. Yeah, just augmented reality. Work. Be like, if yeah. you scan your building with this app, yeah, you can the, see what your business will look like in 10 years. If you don't go with my plan. Yeah, that's one way to do it. That certainly is one way to do it. Here well, is a bankruptcy certificate. I actually drafted <laughs> this up for you so you can go ahead and get ready. Yeah, I think that threatening sort of uh, hyperbolic and yeah, over the top approach yeah. really so helps with sales. So if you are starting a new marketing agency and you're trying to figure out how to get new clients. This is it. That's the way. This is the way. <laughs> Let's talk marketing shop with Bethany and Nick. We'll be right back. Actually, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. I, I'm playing the song for a reason, though, because I want to talk a little bit about it when we come back. And uh, maybe you can guess why okay. while I play it. All right. So I'm here with Bethany Renee Williams of Coffee Fueled. You're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is Imogen Heap with Hide and Seek. Previously, to a certain degree. How does Robin Hoffman have time to do all the things that she does? She's in high gear every moment of every day. Funny, whip smart, and incredibly empathic, Robin decided to find new ways to do what she's done for her entire life, help people. Find that episode on toacertaindegree.com or any of the major and most of the minor podcast networks. Now back to the show. 
Imaging Heap on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Hide and Seek from the album Speak for Yourself. And you may recognize that, uh, at least part of that song, from a number of different memes online. But it started out, the reason it started, uh, basically anytime somebody is killed in a movie or a TV show or a cartoon or something like that, they play a little bit of that song. Because that's what happened in the OC, the television show, the OC back in the day. And then Saturday Night Live made fun of it. And now it's become this sort of memeified thing. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is not a meme episode by any means. Because <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be very difficult to pull off, I think, for radio when I, I think memes are much more visual yeah. in nature, if I understand that correctly. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a meme expert. Okay, good. Bethany Renee Williams is my guest today. Do you go by your full three names every time? Should um, I do that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like either it. say Bethany or Bethany Renee Williams. I think it has a nice ring to it. Oh, it definitely so I'm happy, does. I'm happy with my name. It's like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg kind of thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty big compliment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and that way we could tell you apart from the other Bethany Williamses. Yeah. Is it is a common name. Out there. Yeah. yeah. So like it, it helps to add that on. Or coffee fueled, you know. If you see me in public, just scream coffee fueled, and I will definitely look because I'll be like, "Who is Even the crazy you, person screaming?" Here's the thing: even if you don't see Bethany Renee Williams in public, scream coffee fueled. If you're listening <laughs> to this marketing. right now, yeah. I mean, the screaming we don't do that enough. I think yeah. for brands, I think it's great um, for therapy too. You know, primal scream therapy. If you guys are, you know, having a, a stressful morning, feel free to go out and just scream coffee fueled on your way to work or wherever you're going. And I mean, I'd love to hear that just throughout the day. Just hear someone screaming, screaming my business's name. name. Now, do you think we can get people paid for that to be paid screamers? Sure, influencers. Yeah. Yeah, screaming screamfluencers. Sure, I think that's that's a great thing. I think it sounds good. I would uh, I would do it. Bethany is back. She was on the show uh, last year, and I think I tortured her a bit on marketing related plans <laughs> and harebrained schemes back then, as well. And uh, yeah, now she's back for more apparently. But thank you for work. coming in. And uh, the reason coffee fueled this was pretty funny i think from our first episode the original interview uh you mentioned that you started drinking coffee at a very young age yeah i think it was like 13 yep 13 and my you, first starbucks frappuccino yep and you kept the same coffee pot ever since you have that and i don't know about that that'd be a little <laughs> gross but <laughs> you're gonna hand it down i think it was a generational thing it's handed down from generation to generation of williams's and their coffees i do have like seven french presses though oh that's good Yeah, one for every day of the week yeah because you don't want to clean them like once a day yeah you want to just take that seventh day and just clean all seven <laughs> of them yeah pretty much i understand how that works uh, if we haven't made it clear before, Bethany runs a very successful marketing agency called Coffee Fueled. You can find her on all of the social media and coffeefueledmarketing.com. Coffeefueled.net. Oh, .net. Really Sorry. simple. Just coffeefueled.net. Yep. Okay. So I will get that right probably in the next break. Or it's next, okay. Yeah. Some, or on social media, I'm just coffeefueled. Yeah. That's the easier Easy way one, to yeah. find her. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, going back to the conversation before about, you know, looking at the right ways to represent a brand mm -hmm. and the right avenues to go out there. 
what I think is interesting about the way you do it is if somebody comes to you and they have ideas on their brand and maybe they're the right ideas, maybe they, it is radio, maybe it is newspaper. Mm -hmm. You don't really deal in that though. So you're not going to necessarily take them as a client. Yeah, I don't. I can, I can help them. Um, so if someone came to me and they were already, let's say they're already a client of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, I'm not going to take on a newspaper client just to take on a newspaper client. But let's say one of my clients came to me and they were like, hey, we want to run a print ad in the newspaper. We need it designed. Can you do that for us? I would do it mm-hmm. um, because they're my client. So I'm going to do that for them. Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's what I do anyway is graphic design for my clients. Um, but I wouldn't take on a client just to do graphic design for newspaper print ads because it's not my like area of passion, I guess. Yeah. I really love the digital world. Um, the more hands-on guerrilla tactics like that kind of stuff i'm not really into the older stuff anymore um i did uh, work in newspaper for a little bit i grew up around it Um, when i was in college i was on the college radio station so i did that stuff for a while but now i'm just really like passionate about social media and web design and apps and that kind of stuff but i think you're also going to have a conversation with your client and say okay why do you want to do why do you feel like a newspaper ad is necessary yeah i mean if a client who i manage their social media for like an app came Mm -hmm. to me and said they were running a newspaper ad i might question it if a client who i manage their social media for like a car dealership came to me i would totally understand because i think that with a car dealership they have a lot of co-op which is money they get from like the distributor to spend on advertising Mm -hmm. and they get to use it in different places so if they came to me and they're like hey we're running ads in the newspaper and it was like a huge chevy dealership or something i'm not going to question that because people of all ages buy cars and they look at them everywhere social media newspaper Um, we hear a ton of radio ads about cars. So, I mean, there's some industries that can be cross-platform pretty much anywhere, but there's a lot that can't. (laughs) So if it was an app or if it were, I don't know, a really small boutique or something like that that I think would be better on a visual platform, then I would suggest to them, I'd be like, hey, look, I understand you want to do that, but it might be better to take that money and put it into like Facebook ads or something like that. Something trackable, yeah. something, you know, where you can see who you're reaching, that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, if you're a car dealership that spends $10,000 a month on advertising, then it's a little different. Yep. So. But if you have a limited common. budget and yeah. time and everything else. Yeah, smart spend is important. Smart spend. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to write that down <laughs> because that is something new to me. Good, good. <laughs> Thank you for that. Let me ask you, excuse me, let me ask you about, you know, sort of the approach that you take when it comes to a new client, let's say they've already been out there, more than likely a client of yours has, or there might be a new app and they're Mm -hmm. trying to establish themselves or something along those lines. But in many cases, they have already gone out and tried to do it themselves and they realize that they need help. So they come to you. What do you try to, I guess my question is, do you like erase everything that they've done up until that point? Because, you know, it could be questionable. It could be, because at some point people look back, right? Like if they're, you might start out and the photos that you're doing and the captions that you're doing are all optimized and beautiful and all those things. But then you have this history of them doing it themselves and taking pictures of the office party or here's a funny meme that I posted that I copied from somewhere else that I probably shouldn't do? Like, what is the approach to something like that? 
So what I do in the beginning, first step, uh, when a client reaches out to me, wants to talk to me, and let's say we've signed the contract, we're moving forward, we're working together. The first thing I do is audit them. Mm-hmm. So I go through their social media. I go through their website. I go through everything. I Google them to see what pops up. And I'm like, is this relevant to the brand? Is this going to uh, you know, sell their product, their service, whatever it is? Um, you, what, are, what is their brand? A lot of small businesses don't even have brand guidelines. So sometimes I even have to define those for them. And I go through the social media and make sure everything fits that. And whatever doesn't fit that, I take it off. Sometimes clients can be a little attached to their stuff too because they see it as like their child. They're like, no, I built this. Like, it's perfect. And I'm like, mm, it's not. <laughs> it actually is bad. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to need to delete it. Um, it just I'm, I'm sure you say it with a little more tact than that. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on the client. I, I was guess. always raised, my mom worked in newspapers. I was always raised, she told me, never tell someone their baby's ugly. You know, the, the old marketing trick. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you your baby's ugly, but I'm going to tell you how to make it not ugly. So I'm like, I'm not going to give you a, a problem without a solution. Oh, that's I good. will fix it. Okay, good. <laughs> so good. I usually, I'm glad because I was about to ask you to look at all my social media and I just was going to hear that it's all ugly. <laughs> So I'm glad I'm getting a solution. You'll get a solution out of it. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I go through, I do an audit, figure out, like, what's what's good, what's bad. I mean, I will tell them if something's going good. You know, always start with that, you know, make them happy first. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, this is good, but this, 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 and this is bad. <laughs> so, you know, lead properly and then fix the, the things that need to be fixed. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's how I start working on a project. I mean, sometimes I'll have clients come to me and they're like, yeah, we bought like 20,000 followers on our Instagram page. We just got our Instagram page. We want to start a brand new business. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to delete this page and we're going to start start all over. So that's the only time I really start all over is if a client comes to me and they're like, yeah, these aren't real followers. And I'm like, okay, well, you're posting like two likes. (laughs) So we probably shouldn't use this page. That's the only time I really fully delete a page. One that's also, there's a lot of potential. We saw it a couple of years ago, especially on Twitter. There's a lot of potential backlash Mm -hmm. uh, with that, with brands, with celebrities, especially. I remember stories of, I think it might've been a movie critic who they realized they were writing for a newspaper and they had hired that person based on the number of followers. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that a lot of that was false. And so they ended up uh, firing that person. If I remember the story correctly, I may not. But that's not too far off from where it was. Yeah, and I mean, this is nothing new. It's just like, um, think about like the publishing industry. Like whenever someone has enough money, if they release a book and they bulk purchase like 10,000 copies of their book, they're going to be a bestseller the next day. Yeah. Or like when a musician drops a new song and they buy a million copies of their new single. They're going to be on the, you the know, charts, top yeah. charts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nothing new. It's happened in every industry across the board for ever. I think it just has over and over and over again been shown to not work. Um, and the people first lose fish, trust in you. Yeah. The first fish that walked on land that breathed air was like, hey, I breathed air for 10 minutes and it was only three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all exaggerate our yeah. numbers. Yeah. Some of them are just really harmful to our business. <laughs> That fish did not go on to have a good reputation score. Yeah, I yeah, will say that. doesn't have a lot of followers. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I think we talk a lot about on the personal side, 
the reality versus the social media, Mm -hmm. you know, the image that we have on the social media. Do you find that brands are the same way? And do you try to instill an idea of, okay, you know, the, the pictures have to be nice, the everything has to be good, but you have to still be authentic. Yeah, I think that authenticity is very appreciated nowadays. Um, I think things have really moved away from being super aesthetic. I mean, obviously people want to see pretty stuff on Instagram. They don't want to see, you know, like grainy pictures that look like they were taken on a 2009 Nokia flip phone. But they do want to see authenticity. So like something that's not over edited or something that's not like perfectly posed, unless you're a photographer Mm -hmm. or a creative, I mean, then they're going to your page for that. But if you are like a real estate person and all of your photos of yourself are really perfectly edited, people are gonna be like, is this person authentic? Can I trust their their message? So I think that it depends on what you're doing um, to determine if you should be more authentic or more posed. But I think a good solution to this that I think everyone should do is have two different pages. They should have one that's very uh, strategic, posed, planned, and then they should have a second page that is more, I guess, just raw. Do whatever they want, post selfies, um, that kind of stuff. I think it's good for a brand to have that that two different sides oh, to really? them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gives you double the reach. Um, so you're going to reach those people who are looking for that more strategic posed page and then you're going to reach those people who are looking for that more authentic voice so just you know putting the correct content on the right pages knowing who your target market is for each page Um, so i'm working with a musician right now and one of the things we'll be rolling out for her is like separate pages on instagram for different things so for her new uh, launches for her uh, more authentic day-to-day life Mm -hmm. um, like more for a fan base page um, some that's more uh, posed and 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 aesthetic um, so like different pages for different parts of the mm. experience just kind of like when you go to a website I mean if everything were on the home page it it would just feel very overwhelming it w- yeah a little confusing yeah so whenever you go to someone's page and everything is on their single page it's a lot um, so I mean for me uh, I only really have two sides to to like thin things down a little bit, but I have two sides. So I have like the personal side and the business side. So I have coffee fueled and then I have try coffee fueled. So I have two pages right now. Might expand that in the future, but for now I have a page with graphic design, marketing related knowledge. And then I have my personal page, which is more like motivational selfies, day-to-day life, my travels, pictures of coffee I'm drinking. So it's like, what do you want to see? Do you want to see my day-to-day life? Do you want to see what I'm doing, how I'm living my life? Or do you want to see the marketing knowledge? If they were all on the same thing, it would be a little overwhelming. So I split them into two pages. So I think that's a good way to address the authenticity versus the more planned, rigid structure. Hmm. That's interesting because you would think that you'd want to mix that together. But yeah, I can see that now thinking about it, that is a little too much. Yeah. And I mean, whenever you're targeting a specific person, when you have a target market, Mm -hmm. You, it's it's best to think of what that person looks like. So for my personal page, um, it's going to be someone between the ages of 18 to probably 30, um, maybe in the LGBTQ community, um, probably lives in the U.S. Uh, most of my followers are from the U.S. Um, the majority are from like New York, California. Um, 
they probably are into art or coffee or baristas or something like that. I have a lot of baristas that follow my personal page. So something like that's going to be more geared towards my personal page. Whereas my business page is followed by a lot of small businesses. It's followed by a lot of graphic designers, um, people who also work in marketing who want to see what I'm posting. So it's two completely different target markets, but I'm reaching both of them because I'm posting two different types of content on two different pages. Now, so you've dug in and looked at the people who are following you. And so you're trying to create the content that you think is going to be most appropriate. And then the idea is that you get this critical mass of more people coming on. Maybe they're from different demographics. At that point, Mm -hmm. you would adjust accordingly. Yep. Yeah. So I try to, I try to keep a good eye on what's going on, what's working well on my page, what content performs better. Um, obviously on my personal page, pictures of me are going to perform better because it's a personal page. It's a mm-hmm. page about me. Um, whereas if I posted that on my business page, I'm sure they would be very confused. <laughs> like, why is this girl posting a selfie on her business page? <laughs> well, and it's interesting too, because you are, you're the face of your brand. Mm-hmm. You are your brand. Yeah in many ways um and that's why your usernames are so closely aligned yep you know so i I think that's interesting too that you still separate it Mm -hmm. out that much i guess then let me ask you this from a personal standpoint would you ever recommend somebody have like almost the this is the image that i want to portray to the world account and then this is who I really am account. Like this is me on the couch eating Cheetos Yeah, and I mean, versus this is me at the nice restaurant eating something <laughs> with, uh, you know, puree of some kind on it. Yeah. I mean, the younger gener- generation has already embraced this. Really? Um, there are Finstas, spam accounts. So they have, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm you know, letting any of you guys. Uh, You're or, outing everybody. I know, I'm, sh- I'm sorry if I'm outing you guys. I'm sorry if I'm telling your parents what's going on right now, but. There are spam accounts and Finstas, and most young people have them. Now, what's and the second Finstas? So it's like a fake Instagram or oh, a spam okay. account. So it's like Got a it. second account you have that is tied to you, but it's like a, a random meme as your profile picture or some picture of you. Like that's not like something super aesthetic, you know, just like yeah. a picture of you. And then the bio is usually some random string of words like, this is a spam account. Here's a random like string of words, whatever. It's sure, like, here's a quote yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something basic. And then it's usually set to private because you don't want to be found usually. I mean, there's some people who set their spams to public, but they don't like post pictures of themselves usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can post whatever they want. They can post the picture of themselves eating Cheetos at 3 a.m. while they're binge watching Hulu. Like they can post whatever they want because it's their private account. Usually has less followers, but the followers are usually more engaged. Um, so it's like the younger generation is doing that. So I think that is where I probably adapted this technique. It's just, you know, having that the separate accounts for different things. I have found that it is good to still use those accounts though. So I have an app that I'm marketing right now that targets uh, 13 to 17 year olds to download the app. And I am strictly following spam accounts because I know those are 13 to 17 year olds for the most part. So yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of, of tact that can be found in that. I mean, the younger generation is on the come up. They know. They know how to do it. They know, they how, know to how to hide. They know how to make those fence does. 
I will say I don't have a Finsta, so if any of you are going to try and find it, I don't yeah. have one. Yeah. I really don't. I, I'm not just saying that. I, any of mine you can find and follow me. That would be wonderful. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get, like, by the end of the year, I'd like to get to 1,000 people on Instagram. That would be nice. I'd like to hit probably 100K. I think that'd be fun. Not by the end of the year. Okay. Because that's a lot. All by right. The end of December. Jeez. But maybe like next Thanks for December. making me feel bad. <laughs> I'll just give you a shout out. It's fine. Yeah, that's no. We can get me to a hundred thousand, then we can easily get you to a thousand. The the difference, the main difference, and this might be multiple differences, but <laughs> is that you have valuable content, whereas I do not have valuable content. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. No, that is the main difference. Yeah, I, content matters. <laughs> content marketing. It does just slightly. Let me ask you before you were really marketing and thinking about marketing did you feel like or did you ever feel the pressure to portray yourself in a different way versus how you were really living because we talk about that a lot right yeah. like the idea that you're living your best life on instagram and all of those things and you're not necessarily portraying a real person yeah i mean i think i was born thinking about marketing mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie i feel like i was born for this <laughs> but uh I think from the time I was I was young, um, I've always been an image conscious person. Um, I do care about, you know, how I'm perceived by the people around me. I always believe you should make a good first impression. So, you know, show up dressed your best. Um, not like I am today. I woke up at like yesterday. We've already met. Yeah. So, so you don't I was have like, to dress I can just wear a t-shirt. I can yeah. just, you know, put my hair in a ponytail. But like if you're meeting someone, first impression matters. Sure. I've always been that person just in general in real life. So I think that whenever I started doing social media, that transitioned onto social media as well. I was like, okay, anything I post needs to be something I fully align with. Um, I mean, I got offered a influencer position um, to post for McDonald's and I turned it down even though they were offering me a like pretty nice amount of money um to do some really simple posts but i don't align with the brand um i was like i don't think my followers are going to appreciate this content so mm -hmm. i've always been a very um you know image driven person like what is the world going to see whenever i post this what are they going to see when i say this um, i'm very careful about like my words and how i say things and how i talk to people so i think that just all transitioned pretty smoothly for me well i think and obviously it worked out well for you in terms of the amount of followers that you have and the more than that the engagement that you have mm -hmm. right because i think that you know there's a balance there of it doesn't matter if you have a gazillion followers if nobody is engaging with you yeah the average engagement rate on an instagram page i think is like six percent and my page last time i checked was at like 30 percent and so engagement rate is the amount of people who comment or, you know, respond to your story or they um, actually go in to DM you or anything like that. So or they share your like, content. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's, anything. it's beyond like. Yeah. Liking is the easy part. Yeah. You can scroll down your feed and like a million posts, but stopping and leaving a meaningful con comment, that's mm -hmm. more than like four words. That's not just an emoji or something like that's actual engagement or, you know, watching someone's story and, and responding with actual words and not an emoji. Like that's, that's actual engagement and that's what businesses and, and, uh, influencers are starting to focus on is actual engagement. And they have been for a while, um, because the likes don't really matter at the end of the day. People want to see conversation. They want to see, I mean, if I were a business and I were hiring an influencer, 
I would rather see 100 likes and 20 comments than 2,000 likes and two comments. Like, I'd rather see a conversation going than a bunch of likes on a picture. Do you think that, I mean, that's something that happens very easily for people? Like, you were, it seems like you put a lot of work into that specifically. Like, it's not just... And sometimes it doesn't have to be the best image in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like it you don't have to take to the be, best pictures. It has to evoke an emotional response, essentially, mm-hmm. which is all all marketing in some way. So whether that is a quote that people agree with or um, a picture of a place that is new in town and people are like, wow, where is this? This food looks really good. Or like a new coffee shop or something. Just something that evokes some kind of emotional response usually gets good comments or um, something with a call to action, which is essentially like a question. So what I like to do is I will choose my content first and then I'll try to create a question that goes with that picture. And I mean, if you pull up my Instagram page, you could probably go through them and point out my calls to action. You can Mm -hmm. like look at the caption and you can tell when I'm trying to get people to comment. So I've been posting a lot of IGTV videos. Um, I usually will leave a general call to action on those. Like if you guys have any business questions, leave them in the comments. If you have any questions about this specific topic, leave them in the comments. And business owners usually comment on them um, and like ask me questions. So I get my engagement rate up. And then for the more general posts, if it's a picture of coffee, I had a picture of coffee and I was like, do you guys ever really just want coffee from a specific place, but it's unrealistic to drive there. Like I usually try to form a question in some way Mm -hmm. that's unique to the picture. So I try to start the conversation because that's what the caption is. That's where the conversation starts. They read Mm -hmm. it and they're like, okay, I'm going to respond to this. I guess that's, that's really interesting. And I think that, you know, what I've been trying to do is more of a, almost like an archive. So Mm -hmm. here's a historical view of what I've done you know, whether it's the show or something like mm-hmm. that, mainly the show, because I have uh, an Instagram for the show. So that's really an interesting component to it because I'm not asking those questions. I'm not conveying that it, it was just like, here's a picture from a year ago with this person that I interviewed. Mm-hmm. So that's really uh, making me think that I'm doing everything wrong in my life. <laughs> I mean, you could say, <laughs> here's a picture from this interview from a year ago what was your favorite thing from that episode? Or did you have anything you wanted me to ask them? Or was there anything we didn't touch on that you're curious about? Like just adding a little bit at the end, you Mm -hmm. can say, use the same things, just add a little bit at the end. So it's, it's fixable. Do you want me to have this person back? And then a lot of people say, no, they might feel bad about that. I mean, but it's engagement. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, past guests. (laughs) Oh, it's all about engagement. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Uh, we're already at the end of the first hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, it goes by fast. Yeah. yeah, I'm a joy to talk to, and you're <laughs> well caffeinated. Uh, so let's listen to a song by Carl Denson's Tiny Universe. I just found out that Carl Denson was in town this weekend, and I didn't realize it, so I didn't go to the show. But we can listen to him recorded anytime. This is his cover of Seven Nation Army from the album New Ammo on WP- WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Grandma Party Bazaar, it's not too far. There will be gifts that are neat, so get there with your feet. So you can leave a smaller carbon footprint, which can be part of your gift. 
Okay, that's all my singing for the year. Grandma Party Bazaar, if you know about it, great. You can skip this next part. If you don't know about it, it's one of the best markets of the year outside of Stardust Coffee, a hand-selected group of vendors, unique gifts that will allow you to win the holidays. That is what you want and what you will get. I'll be there too for people who want to type their holiday cards because Grandma loves me and you and us. December 15th, now back to the show. Snow Patrol on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You could be happy. Did I say that right? Do you feel like the emphasis was on the right? From what is that from? Snow Patrol? Uh, That is Snow Patrol, yes. Oh, I I didn't even know that. Yeah, Snow Patrol. You could be happy. Is that a Coldplay song? I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I don't know that song. It's an original. It does sound kind of Coldplay. Ploy-y. We've just adjective I feel like they have Coldplay. something similar and name yes yeah okay this is music <laughs> talk with Nick and Bethany uh, as we don't know anything from Coldplay or Snow Patrol we're gonna stop talking about them Bethany Bethany Renee Williams is my very special guest this morning my name is Nick by the way I don't know if I ever introduced myself I think you do okay great yeah I'm pretty sure you do you're like hey this is Nick and I'm with Bethany like, well, you know you who I doing? am. You just assume that because you already know who I am. Maybe. I don't okay. know. I'm pretty sure you say it. <laughs> I guess go back and listen. I shan't do that. But now everyone knows. Bethany Renee Williams is here from Coffee Fueled Marketing. You can find her on all of the social medias. And I encourage you to do that because even if you're not interested that much in marketing, there's a lot of good content that she puts out, especially around coffee uh, motivational stuff and things of that nature. Anything yeah. else that you really concentrate on? I mean, if you're trying to find a good cup of coffee and trying to be motivated in the morning, that's that's what I'm here for. Go watch my IGTV video and find out where you should get your coffee. Yeah, if it's just, if coffee is medicine, if coffee is just like your fuel mm-hmm. um, and you don't care what it tastes like, fine. Mm-hmm. But if you really want a good cup of coffee, the best in Orlando, Bethany is going to be able to tell you that. Yep. But also, if you don't care about coffee, you should follow me too, just because. That's a good point. Yeah. Anybody who has had coffee before or who has not had coffee before <laughs> should follow Bethany. If you own a phone, whether you have an Instagram page or Facebook, whatever it is, build an account and follow me. <laughs> well, the way you say that, it just sounds like, oh, it's so arduous. I have to build an account. <laughs> I guess that's just the way I talk because when I talk to clients, I present it in that way. I'm like, I'm going to build this for you. Yeah, as well you should because yeah. it's going to take a lot of effort yeah. in order to get them where you need to go. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't guessed, uh, Bethany does marketing for all sorts of brands and companies, mm-hmm. but usually concentrate on, I always found this interesting, was like, you know, having come from a marketing background where you take any client mm-hmm. that comes along, even if you're... Uh, not necessarily into them. You're not necessarily in agreement with their ethics or with what they're doing. Uh, you know, with something that, you know, I remember at one point, not there's anything wrong with gambling boats and uh, nutrition bars, but those were the clients that I was either pitching or actively working on. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah, so I it's, mean, you know, well, hearing from you, like being able to pick and choose your clients mm-hmm. and say, does this work with what I want to do? Does this make sense for me? 
that's really refreshing to hear that. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice nowadays to be able to be picky. Mm -hmm. Whenever I worked, you know, in like a corporate job, it was more of, hey, we need you to do this for our company. And like we've sold all of this to these different brands. We really don't care if you like it. This is what you have to do. Yeah. This is, you know, a corporate job. You do what we tell you to do. But now, you know, being my own boss, I can decide if I want to work with someone. And I mean, if I have a client who, and I mean, I'm a 24 year old girl working in marketing. I get a lot of really bad remarks sometimes from, from like some like older dudes. Like they say things that are pretty, pretty rude. And I'm at the liberty to choose to not deal with that. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have people say something to me that I deem inappropriate or not okay, I just don't work with them. Um, I usually give them a chance and I'm like, hey, you're not professional. But if they don't correct it, that's whenever I'm like, okay, um, this isn't going to work out. You need to uh, find someone else to do this for you. So I am at the liberty to pick and choose, which is really nice. So 2019 is is being good to me. (laughs) Very good. Thank you, 2019. Yeah. Big listener. Yeah, is 2019 is the best. <laughs> I'm hoping 2020 is also a big listener. New decade. Oh, I didn't think of that. It's a new decade. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm really going to have to actively try vision. harder. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. That doesn't really translate <laughs> to radio all that well. Well, let me ask you about this. So you are the brand for Coffee Fuel. Mm-hmm. You are the main person there. You, you know, I, I'm sure you bring in other people as necessary, but for the most part, it's a one person shop. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, you can only reach so many clients. You can only do so many things. So your choices, I think, for a lot of marketing agencies are to expand, hire more people, do that sort of thing, um, or branch out and do more public speaking, maybe write a book, uh, podcasting, that sort of thing. What do you have plans? Like, is there something you're you're interested in? Is there something that you would like to be able to bring to other organizations without necessarily having them as a client? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of things in the pipeline. I have some goals set. So um, one of those things is a book that'll you know it'll launch eventually. I'm going to announce it on my social media when it does. I had planned for it to be the end of this year. But it's going to be a book uh, targeted towards small businesses. Um, It's going to be kind of like a fill in the blank, building your own brand strategy, figuring out what you need to really launch a small business. Um, So do it yourself. Um, You know, if you can't afford to hire a marketing person, let's say you are starting a brand new, I don't know, like candle pouring business or something, and you just don't have the money for a a marketing person, the book could be a good option. Mm -hmm. Also uh, want to build an app soon. So that's in the pipeline of goals uh whenever that happens i'll also put that on social media but um, i'd say books probably gonna happen first and then social media Uh, but the the social media um or the app um, will correlate with the book and yeah i mean that's like the biggest things i have coming down the line i guess why is that important to you like you know there's it doesn't feel like it's just because you need the money. No. <laughs> it's not because you want to be famous. Um, you can do all of those things without doing, you know, necessarily a book, mm-hmm. which in, in many ways, you know, now you bundle an app with it and it seems a little more modern, but mm-hmm. in some ways a book seems almost antiquated. It's very old school. Yeah, but it, it seems like there's more to it than just make a couple of bucks or mm-hmm. make yourself famous. 
Um, I mean, the main thing is I love books. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you go into my apartment, there are stacks and stacks of books. And the big thing I love about them is just that hands-on feel. You know, I love the more aesthetic typography designed books. So I have a lot of those in my apartment. So I think that that's where it stems from is that I I love books. I always have. So I want to, you know, contribute to that area. And then I guess branching out my business in a way that I haven't before. Mm -hmm. So I'm continually trying to grow. And this is an area I haven't tackled in the past. So it's something new and exciting. Is it also... Does it get you out of your comfort zone too? Is that like a personal challenge for yourself? Yeah, I feel like it's important to continually grow. Um, So like year over year, look back and see if I'm in a new place. And I mean, I could just stay stagnant. I could just keep managing the clients I have and just, you know, coast and, and live life. But that's not fun. I would definitely get bored. So I have to continually be, you know, doing new things. Um, I mean, I am, if you're into all this stuff, I'm a GM, I'm a Gemini I'm an ENTJ. I am a type three on the Enneagram. Um, I think, is that all of them? I'm a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> um, if that If that gives you any idea of who I am. So I'm like a very work-oriented, growth-oriented. Ambitious. You know, con- ambitious. I need constant stimulation. Like I need to be thinking about something, doing something, multitasking constantly. Like that's just my personality. So I think I would get very bored if I were just managing my clients. Um, so I think that's why I was like, I'm also going to write a book. And then on top of that, I'm also going to build an app. Oh, we didn't do, uh, if you did the Cosmo quiz, what Sex and the City character are you? I actually have never seen Sex and the City, so I don't <laughs> I'm know. Joking. I'm That is probably not a good way to determine <laughs> who you are. I think you're actually, though, a Miranda. So wait, no. I can't remember their names. Okay. Okay. So you may oh, not well. be a Miranda. I think you're a Miranda though. Uh, in any case, uh, what about sort of how do you keep up with everything, right? So we talk a lot about lifelong learning and that used to be you would you would go and get your MBA, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere at some point, whether that's online or in person or some combination of that so you could continue learning more about it. But you can't get an MBA in social media. You can't get an MBA in Instagram. You can. can you? You can. There is one? There's definitely MBAs out there for that. Uh, I'm surprised by yeah, that, but yeah. okay. But I, again, I guess taking it a step back is there's this, the MBA, by the time you're taking it yeah. is probably... The cost is high. Things, the cost is like high that, yeah. and it probably isn't up on what the latest trends are and yeah. things of that nature. I mean, unless you're going to Harvard or something. Right. But, and even then, yeah. it might not be. Yeah. But, things um, change pretty consistently. How do you balance that out? Or do you have interest in doing an MBA eventually? Um, I don't. I keep getting ads for them. Yeah. <laughs> My Instagram is, I feel like as soon as you hit like 24, 25, your Instagram and Facebook just get flooded with MBA ads. And they're Makes like, sense. do a do a study in this course at our college. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to. Um, I do believe in continually learning though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't plan to re-enroll currently. I mean, if I did go back to school for anything, it would probably be something off the wall, like law, like marketing law or something. Um, something I could grow and do something new. Um, but I'm pretty happy with my career. Um, but I do think it's important to grow and continually be learning because social media and digital marketing are changing every day. 
um, as well as UI UX, which is like the design and functionality of apps. So all of the things I work with are changing every day. So UI is user interface, mm -hmm. UX is user experience. Yep, exactly. For, for the eight people out there that didn't realize that yeah. at this point. Yeah, UI UX. <laughs> um, so I think it's important to continually be learning with the, the changes in those fields. And I do that through online courses. Um, YouTube is a really big one that's free. So if you want to learn anything, usually you can go to YouTube. Um, podcasts, so I listen to podcasts about marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think books are another one that I, I turn to. Um, they come out every year. People usually update them yearly. Uh, they're pretty great. So I think I'd say that's the big one, the big like four things. Um, if you really want to get like deep dive into something, you can always buy college textbooks. It's not like they're only for college students. That's true. So if you really want to learn about a subject, you can self-teach. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple um, that I that I own. I find it's better for me being a visual person to have like a class I can watch, like a, a course. Mm -hmm. So um, Udemy is a good one, not a plug. <laughs> no, Udemy, if you're listening, you can always sponsor the station. Yeah. But it is a good site that I like to use. So if there's something that I have never learned about and I'm curious about it, so let's say I, I have no desire to learn coding. Honestly, I just, it's not my thing, but um, I know a little bit of HTML and CSS to function, but that's about it. Um, but let's say I wanted to learn how to write code for apps. Mm -hmm. There's probably a course on Udemy that teaches me how to do that. It has uh, homework. It has like all the stuff you need. And I think the courses start at like 15 bucks. Some of them are more expensive, like three, 400 bucks. But I mean, compared to like 40,000 intuition yeah. or something, I mean, it is pretty nice because you can constantly learn and they're updated every year. And you're self-motivated enough that you can do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, I'm the kind of person who, if I have the choice to turn on a TV show on Hulu or listen to Ted talks, I'm going to listen to Ted talks. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So type three. Nice. <laughs> then eventually, do you ever want to get into public speaking? I mean, speaking of Ted talks. Yeah. I mean, I've done a couple of um, speaking events, actually. I mm -hmm. did one in Tampa recently. Um, I spoke about social media. And I have a video of it that I plan to put up later. I wanted to kind of coincide it with my book. Um, but I just talked about like different ways that the publishing industry can kind of like move forward in its social media trends. Um, but I do a little bit of public speaking. I would definitely love to do a TED Talks um, someday, whenever they will have Ted, me. if you're listening. TEDx Orlando. Okay. That's Let's just put it on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do uh, we BethX. Yeah. Yeah. We and do, you like, can be the main speaker. Bet. BET. Yeah. So it's uh, BET might be taken. No, it's fine. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put an X at the end, FedEx. Great, great. Yep. It kind of sounds like FedEx, though. Uh, you are the branding expert, so I will leave it to you to come up with a name. Or but we, as long as we, I get to we speak We can just there, reach too. out to Ted. Yeah, that's probably easier. Yeah. Uh, Ted's they, have a a better, they have a better brand, so mm. we don't have to build something from the ground up. Mm. So, yeah, I love public speaking. Um, okay. I'd love to do something like that. It'd <laughs> be great. Very good. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Thank you. And uh, if anybody wants to learn more about you, Coffee Fueled on, just basically search Coffee Fueled. Yeah. If you go on Google anyway. and type in Coffee Fueled, one word, don't put a space. Never put a space. Don't put a space. Never it's put a space. It's 2019. We simplify things. We don't put spaces. And you could you could throw Bethany on there too. Coffee fueled Bethany. There you go. All right, Texas. Future is promises.
The name of the band is Texas. The name of the song is Future. Is I thought that was the topic. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about Texas and the future and how it's been promised to us. Uh, You're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Can you mural? Do you mural? Do you paint murals? I guess is the right way to say it. Do you know somebody who does? The Sam Flax Wall Project is happening again in February. And so they are looking for muralists to participate. It's a great event. Basically, it's a street party that goes on while the artists are doing their thing, painting the walls of the Sam Flax building. You can see the 2019 murals on the building or on many Orlando Instagram accounts since people take a million pictures of them. Applications are due by January 3rd. Get an idea together of what you might want to do, some of your past work, and you will find instructions on how to submit at samflaxorlando.com. Now back to the show. Texas on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their album Southside. I think that's how they would want it to be said. Future is promises. Like all of a sudden just caffeine hit me. Yeah. That was good. Right there. That was good. Bethany Renee Williams is my very special guest this morning of Coffee Fueled. So we're drinking coffee. We're talking about coffee. Mm -hmm. We haven't really talked. Let's talk about coffee because I do have a pop quiz for you. Okay. And it may or may not be coffee related. Oh, no. Okay. And there are real stakes associated with it. Okay. So if you get all five right, we become best friends. All right. (laughs) For the week. Just one week. Okay. One week. Okay. Uh, If you get only one right or fewer, which would be zero, (laughs) we become bitter enemies. All right. For the week. Okay. So do you have any allergies? No. Are you just saying that because you might become my bitter enemy? I actually do have zero allergies. Okay. I'm not allergic Great. to anything. Yeah, I can drink Great. any coffee. Because so. as your best friend, I also needed to know that. Okay. Just to keep that stuff away yep. from you. Okay. Are you fearful of anything? Um, I guess I would say roller coasters. Perfect. So as your best friend, I will keep you away from roller coasters and any roller coaster related items. Okay. As your most bitter enemy, we're going on some roller coasters. <laughs> okay. Are you excited about this? No. Okay, great. No. Let's talk about coffee really quick though. Okay. So uh, I, I'm going to say that I'm a little bit like coffee is like wine for me where I'm just, I'm. I can kind of tell the flavor. I'm not like a super mm-hmm. taster or anything. It's an acquired taste. But I, I know coffee good coffee from taste. bad coffee. Like yep. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to Credo before I go to 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but I'm going to go to Credo instead of most places if that's mm-hmm. one of the choices. Uh, lineage, that sort of thing. Yep. How did you come to acquire like your fixation with good coffee? And how did that sort of uh, evolve into where you are now, which is part of your brand? Yeah, um, I think that my most memorable coffee to date was probably in Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, I always loved coffee. Like, I I don't remember what my first craft coffee was. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I could probably go back through my feed and find it. It was probably somewhere here in Florida, like Miami or somewhere, but... Mm -hmm. I went to Memphis and lived there for six months and I found a coffee shop called City and State. Everyone who knows me knows about this coffee shop, whether they've been to Memphis or not, because I love this coffee shop. 
and it's just it's really good um they do kind of some like experimental stuff they had one coffee called um it was called a bonbon it had like some condensed milk so it was really sweet but it also had like a shot of espresso and some caramel layered in it and i don't know it was just it was good i can't replicate it i've tried and what they do i think that's what makes the coffee really good is like when you can't make it yourself and that's when you have to pay for it um so like that's what makes credo good is you know i can't you know make the same thing that all the baristas there make and that's the reason i pay for it whereas if i wanted like 7-eleven coffee i can just go you know pull out my french press and make something better at home so i think that was my most memorable craft coffee um, and that started you know the the obsession with i need craft coffee i can't drink anything but craft coffee it's interesting too because you you say with such vigor, you probably go back there just for the coffee sometimes. I've literally driven back to Memphis, which is an 18-hour drive just for city and state. And then you had enough coffee that you could drive exactly, back. Exactly, and drive all the way back. All the way through. I usually make a trip out of it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, well, the way you describe it, though, is also a little bit like when somebody finds their favorite band or somebody mm-hmm. finds their favorite book. Like you're in this you're at an age where you're searching around for things to have meaning and all of a sudden something hits like it's Mm -hmm. this bolt of lightning and that's what it sounds like for you for this coffee shop yeah and i mean there's a couple of that that kind of give me that feeling so i think city and state's a big one there's one in atlanta called reed shop and Mm -hmm. what i like about reed shop is you go in and first off the walls are all black and they're covered in bookshelves and like artistic aesthetic books so like automatically off the bat i'm sold on this place and then to top it off, the coffee is really good. I think they use Stumptown, which is a San Francisco coffee. So, you yeah. know, it's good. So that's another one that's memorable. And then there's one in Miami called All Day MIA. Also amazing. They have great avocado toast and they're always making new coffees. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are certain coffee shops that really stand out to me as, as I travel. Do you ever or have you ever tried? Somebody just told me about this uh, Bulletproof like the keto coffee mm-hmm. or try it with something like that? Um, I've tried some of those coffees. They're really, really dark. Um, yeah. I usually like stuff with like a sweetener or like syrup, um, like lavender or vanilla or something. Right. So they're um, not going to come with any flavoring because yeah. of the nature yeah, of they, keto it's, and all It's that. just a matter of here's the caffeine. Yeah. And that's not, not, so not, much. not my thing. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> all right. So we're going to have a quiz now. Okay. But it's not me giving the quiz. It's Simon Time of Simon Time Trivia. So this is a person who does quizzes around town seven days a week. Okay. So you know 90% of the time he's going to be accurate. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Most of the time. Okay. Almost all the time. All the time he's going to be accurate. 100%. Yes. So I'll leave it to him. Are you ready? All right. Either five questions, all five right, best friends, zero or one, (laughs) bitter enemies. Okay. So two to four, you're good. All right. But you're not best friends with me. All right. Okay. You don't seem that disappointed, (laughs) but that's fine. We'll see how you do. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hey, hey, Nick. This is Simon Time from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got five questions for you and Miss Bethany. Let's begin. Number one, how did cappuccinos get their name? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to assume it's because of the little, like, foam layer on top, like it's a cap. Foam layer cap. That's a pretty good guess. Let's see if you're correct. Okay. The answer. It's from Capuchin Monks. Mm. The coffee resembles their brown clothing, thus cappuccino. 
It was back when we used to name everything after monks, different okay. types of monks. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. I'm yeah. not that well-versed. <laughs> okay. I don't know about the coffee monks. I'm going to have to go on like a, a self-discovery journey now. You may have to. Well, let's see how you Just, do with the rest of them. It disappears into the Himalayan mountains Okay, so, so far, better enemies. <laughs> This is good. Some people have been known to throw the quiz just so that we can oh, be better okay. enemies. So just something to consider in all this. I mean, all publicity is good publicity. So get some <laughs> hate engagement All going. friends are good friends, even the bad <laughs> ones. Question two. Espresso, speaking of names, literally means what? Does it mean sped up, to go, or to be forced out? I'm going to assume it means to be forced out because of how it's brewed. So the water is pushed through the, I think it's called a tap. So when you tamp it, you put the thing in the machine, the water is pushed through it. So that's what I'm going to assume it would be. Okay. Let's see. All right. The answer, espresso, means to be forced out in Italian. All right. Good job. So you got one. All right. One more. Okay. And you're out of bitter enemy territory. <laughs> Let's see. Question number three. What was the first food item in the world to be freeze-dried? I think it was ice cream. Ice cream. But I don't know. Okay. I'm going to guess. Right. I think astronauts did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely did that. Um, I don't know if it was the first, but that's my guess. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to remind you that the theme for the quiz happens to be... I mean, be... it's coffee, but I feel like that'd be a weird thing to freeze-dry. I guess I'll go with coffee. I gotta get out of that bitter enemy. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like it, you know, it could be ice cream. Believe it or not, it's not any kind of produce. The answer is the topic at hand. Coffee! Coffee! Yeah, because they were trying to figure out a way to ship it, so hmm. that was well before uh, the ice cream. I guess that was before astronauts. Yeah. Shipping. Yeah. Shipping. Well, we shipped it. Well, if anyone was curious, astronauts freeze dried ice cream. Oh, yeah. It's it delightful. Space, so. Have you had it? Uh, I tried like, I think one bite when I was a kid and didn't like it. So. Aw, it's, I, I like it. That's a lot. probably why I have the memory. <laughs> Number four. If you buy coffee grounds for a Turkish press, what kind of coffee grind do you need? For a Turkish press, they have to be very fine. And the finest grind is, is is the espresso grind. Okay. So I'm going to assume that's it. The answer for all of the Java enthusiasts is very finely ground coffee. Very nice. Yeah. So see, you got three, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, there's one left. All right. I, I'm, I'm trying to make it more ominous than it is. You've done dun, very dun, well. Dun. Yeah, very nice. And to wrap things up here in our coffee-themed game... Here's a question that has nothing to do about coffee. The show Mad Men on AMC starring Mr. John Hamm was named after what street in the Big Apple? I have no idea. Man, I actually started to watch that show a couple, like I think like a year ago. I watched a few seasons too. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So it's named after basically the very famous street that has, that used to have all the agencies up there. I don't know New York well enough. I've only been to New York twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure. All right, let's see what Simon has to say. All right. The answer TV's Mad Men gets its name from the very famous Madison Avenue. 
Miss Williams, Mr. Nick. This has been the Simon Time Trivia Show. Catch us on Facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia or on the Simon Time Trivia Show podcast available through PFTmedia.com. Have a great week, guys. Thank you, Simon. And you can catch him seven days a week. Follow him on Facebook to see where he's going to be popping up next. Very fun trivia around town. You did great. Three out of five. I try. So basically the one that no one would get because who knew that coffee was named after monks, the color of their, you know, robes. And then uh, Madison Avenue because you've only been up to NYC a couple of times. It's totally fine. All right, let's play a song, and we will come back and uh, basically wrap up the show. Cool. What can't do you mean cool? It, can't believe it's already over. What do you? <laughs> at least sound a little disappointed. Oh, man, I wish I could stay here all day and talk. If you would like to talk to Bethany Renee Williams a little bit more or at least interact with her, I encourage you to do it on the social medias, especially Instagram. Just search for Coffee Fueled. Yeah, that's me. Okay, great. Uh, Kasabian is up next with Reason is Treason on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm a huge fan of Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida. I've known a lot of the people there for almost 20 years now. I've seen the work they do from the inside. They are amazing and they are always trying to find new ways to engage the public. For example, Sure, you could host a food drive or volunteer in the warehouse or donate $10, which would provide 40 meals for families in need. But did you know you can also go to feedhopenow.org and support Second Harvest and its mission by buying honey as a gift for someone or yourself or having your holiday party catered by them. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Please check it out when you have a moment. Feedhopenow.org. Now back to the show. Kasabian from their album Empire from 2006. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. Reason is treason. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Our time is almost over, but if you missed any of the show, please subscribe wherever you get podcasts to a certain degree. Uh, Subscribe to a show called to a certain degree. (laughs) Don't just subscribe to a certain degree. Just kind of subscribe. Subscribe to a certain degree. You can catch uh, Bethany Renee Williams, who's my very special guest today, and all of the other guests. It's local people from Orlando doing interesting things. Yeah. I think it's the best way to put it. Yeah. You're pretty interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. I try. Yeah. You do try, I, I, actually. I actually do try. You try really hard, and it comes uh, across very, very well. <laughs> so nice job. Uh, Bethany Renee Williams, you can find her at Coffee Fueled on all of the major social media, online, and everywhere else if you ever need any marketing help or things of that nature. And I did want to talk about one specific type of business out there. I was reading about this recently, and it was something that I was pretty, when they first started coming out, I was pretty fascinated with them. And I don't currently subscribe to any, Mm -hmm. but I would like to again, or maybe even start my own. I think that, you know, you think about cool businesses that you would want to start, and you go and pick up a magazine in some cases, like an Inc. magazine mm-hmm. or something like that. INC, not INK. In case, business. Yeah, business magazine. Um, you would look up and see what the you know top businesses are to start, like top small businesses. And it was always these franchises and usually cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I not that there's anything wrong with that, but it never appealed to me because it was like not cool. 
So when subscription boxes came along, I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. What could I put in a subscription box? What could I do on a monthly basis that people would want to get, that they would want and everything like that? And I still haven't found exactly what it is that I'd want to do, but it's grown quite a bit. Like you can't, there's not an industry in which subscription boxes hasn't gotten into, whether that's food or drink or anything else yeah and i mean if you find one definitely start a box if there's if you find an, an industry that doesn't that have a hasn't box, gotten it yet yeah start a box yeah i mean there's even um from a maker perspective which i'm very into uh 3d print filaments mm-hmm. and different things that you could do and different pieces and parts i forget the name but there's one that gets advertised to be on instagram a lot it's like art tools or something and they send you like different types of paint and oh, different nice. pins and stuff yeah. each month so yeah there's there's pretty much something for everything what is your take on that from a marketing and business perspective? Is that something you would want to start or you would recommend starting at this point? And how would you necessarily go about it? Yeah, I mean, I've thought about it. My best friend's trying to push me to start a box, actually. She's starting one um, and she's doing really great so far with with uh, getting it all off the ground. It launches soon. Um so yeah, I mean, I've thought about it and I've been encouraged to. And if I did start it, it would probably be something either business related or coffee related. Mm-hmm. I haven't really fully decided or maybe even travel related. Um, so I think that's where I'm at a, 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 st- a stuck point, I guess, is trying to figure out what I want to do. Would it be a combination of then products, but also like almost takeaway exercises or recommendations on what to do? Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think my my struggle uh, with this is not hitting too many things because then you lose your target market. Sure. So you can't have too much. So it can't be like a box that has coffee and has business stuff yeah. and has travels because right, right, you're right. going to limit yourself a lot. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you just do business things and you target small business owners, then you, you can put a lot more in there that's relative uh, to them. Whereas they probably, some of them don't care about coffee. Some of them don't travel. So if it's all of the things, it won't really make sense. So I think I'm just trying to figure out right right now at this point how I want to do it. But if you are going to do a box, I think it's important to choose a target market and choose who your person that you're going to have. As you, I think it's good to picture a person. Mm-hmm. So for me, it might be a 25 to 35-year-old um woman who owns a small business in a artsy town so like orlando savannah um charleston new orleans um could be like brooklyn or san francisco so like someone who's between those ages lives in one of those towns um has been in business for probably five years you know they have enough money to invest in their business so you know but they're not huge yeah but they're not huge so they're still a small business so you know really try and picture what that person you know, does what they look like. Um, Do they have a family? Do they have a dog? Picture everything you can about them and then target your products to that person. So what you're describing is creating a persona. Yep. Uh, Do you do multiple people or do you just do, are you that hyper-focused on just one? I think my marketing style is to hyper-focus on one person first and then to branch out from there. Because once you lock in the million Karens out there, because there are so many of them. Then a you, lot of Karens listen to the show too. So yeah. I appreciate you saying that and <laughs> throwing the focus on can, them. Uh, yeah, and then you can you can move on to the next persona. You don't have to 
focus on all of them at the same time. And I think that helps with small businesses because mm-hmm. you have a limited budget. So it's better to focus your tactics on, on one persona than trying to hit them all. I am not Karen. So how would I go about, like, in terms of imagining her, would I try to find some people in that demographic and maybe, you know, almost do a focus group? Yeah, you can ask them questions. Um, what does your daily life look like? Um, what kind of things are you into? What pages do you follow on social media? What are some, some brands and businesses that matter to mm-hmm. you? So just like a little survey. <clears throat> or you could do... You could do research uh, online. A lot of people have already done the research, so you can just, you know, look it up. Um, market research for certain age demographics or yeah. locations, things like that. Hmm. All right, Karen, I know you're out there. We're going to find you. <laughs> that sounds way creepier than I meant it to be. <laughs> but it is a little bit of that, right? Like, it's not just your idea. Your idea might be great. Your mm-hmm. idea might be genius. But if you're not focusing it if you're not targeted if you're not like really thinking about how it's going to apply then it doesn't matter how good your idea is yeah pretty much i mean you can have a great product but if you're not putting it in front of the right people you're not going to sell it okay so you take your subscription box you market it to karen you can find her fairly easily online yeah because it's easy to target yeah Karen is great. Karen is great. <laughs> great target I feel, market. I feel like we should do some role playing, but I don't know that I'm ready to play Karen. Again, I am not <laughs> at all Karen, unfortunately, for me sometimes. We can go pull someone off the street. Okay. Like, we'll like do a, that. SNL or something. Nice. <laughs> what other, okay, so we talked about a book, we talked about an app, we talked about potentially a subscription mm-hmm. box. What else, if you if you had your druthers, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what those are, but if you had them, what would you start up potentially in 2020? If I had unlimited resources mm-hmm. and unlimited people and money and all of that, I would love to start a social media platform, but that is a huge undertaking. Oh, so, so full on platform. Full on, like build my own Instagram, build my own Facebook. So... And and tell me if I'm wrong on this, sort of the life cycle of uh, a social media platform. We haven't really gotten there because they're mm-hmm. not that, you know, they're not that old. Yep. So we haven't really seen one go through the cycle, but there, you know, has been talk about Twitter being on the back end of its yep. sort I think of, Twitter and Snapchat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because Instagram came along and ate kind of Snapchat's mm-hmm. lunch and they couldn't get their products off the ground. They couldn't diversify and... Now I don't even know where they are. Yeah. I mean, I have a Snapchat. I use it like occasionally. I am not on there a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's good for some businesses. But If you weren't a marketing person, though. Yeah, if I didn't work in marketing, it. I would not be on Snapchat. Right. Um, you might argue, one might argue that Facebook is kind of in the, it's basically plateaued out and might be on the, um, you know, the, the end goal. Yeah. I think that a lot of our social media apps, even Instagram, because they've been making a lot of, um, I I think, negative changes to their platform. A lot of them are on their way out, I think. And I think it's time for a new one to step in. Well, on Instagram, so I guess the the cycle is it gets big. It gets Mm -hmm. popular for whatever reason. It's doing something new and unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, Snapchat did that at first. Instagram did that at first. But then it starts trying to figure out how to monetize. Yep. So that wasn't a consideration early on in the process mm-hmm. because they just created it and they wanted to see if they would get users and it just so happened that they got users. Mm-hmm. They try to figure out how to monetize it and then it kind of messes up 
uh, and I'm oversimplifying things, I'm sure, but it kind of messes up what made it unique. Yeah. I mean, I think that as users, we can deal with the monetization. We can deal with seeing an ad every now and then. Yeah. It doesn't really bother us. We're I used think, to it now. Yeah. I think what happens is a social media launches. It becomes big. They're doing really good. And then their competitors start doing good. And they're like, oh, no, we need to do better. So then they make a change. And either the change is great, like when Instagram kind of like took over Snapchat's area with stories and stuff, or they make a change and it's terrible and it really detrimentally uh, impacts the app. So with Facebook and Instagram, the reach is a lot lower than it used to be, which is really Mm -hmm. detrimental for small businesses. Um, Large businesses can spend as much money as they need to on ads and and reach people, but with the the reach being diminished, um, with the new algorithms and things like that, things of that nature, I think that was a, a really poor decision on Instagram and Facebook's part. I think they would have had a better time keeping things in a chronological order for small business uh, sake, but that's just hindsight. I think that they they made a mistake with that, and I think that's where it happens is they make a, they make a big decision, and either it goes really good or it goes really bad, and that determines their future. And I think that's why we see Instagram and Facebook and then Snapchat. You know, didn't make that big decision. They didn't you know keep renovating and becoming a new thing they just Mm -hmm. were staying you know stagnant and i think that's why they started to decline because they didn't make a big decision to make a big change and i think snapchat could have that opportunity because they have the funding and the and the users to make something bigger but i don't think that they have any kind of plan to do that it doesn't seem like it um i'm wondering if their plan is uh maybe just to blackmail people who (laughs) because everything is saved on there so people who have used it for bad reasons yeah yeah or maybe they're just gonna wait until facebook or instagram you know finally like decline enough to you know have no users and then they're gonna pop up and be like hey guys we're still here hey remember us yeah come back so i think works for myspace i think that's the big determining thing is they're gonna make a big decision and if they don't make the big decision they're gonna fall Mm -hmm. they do make the big decision they could still fall so without giving too much away, because obviously, you know, you have some mm-hmm. ideas, you might have some IP already invested in this uh, social media mm-hmm. medium. Um, what do you hope to accomplish maybe just on a bigger scale? Again, if you had yeah. all the money and I mean, all the... I have the logistics and everything worked out. Mm-hmm. I have a whole, you know, plan idea. I have a name, you know, have an, a concept for like logo design. I have all of that. The main goal I want to get across with my app is to make it more user-friendly, more creative-friendly, more small business-friendly because Instagram and Facebook just aren't friendly enough to those small businesses and creators. And I don't really like the terms of service of Instagram and Facebook where you create an account and they, you know, pretty much own the rights to your Mm -hmm. content. I think that as a creator, that's, you know, that's your livelihood. No one should own your content unless you sell it to them. So if we want to purchase a creator's content we can but other otherwise i think that they need to own all rights to their content that terms of service should not say when you post on our platform your content is ours so i think that's the big thing is just make it more user-friendly creative-friendly small business friendly um let them retain rights to their content okay i don't want to give away too much no please don't that's all i really can say please don't the karens are out there listening right now go build the app of course they are (laughs) you know karens yeah they're they're good people 
I think. Uh, okay, Bethany Renee Williams, we have to wrap it up. Yeah. Where can people find you? I am on Instagram, Coffee Fueled or Try Coffee Fueled. I have two pages. Um, I am on Twitter, and it's I am Coffee Fueled because someone took Coffee Fueled, and they only mm. have like six followers. And mm. I hate when that happens. Mm. They did that a long time ago too, because I built my page in like 2013 or something. I don't know. But uh, Facebook, Coffee Fueled Marketing. You can follow my personal page. I'm Bethany Renee Williams. Um, you can't actually send me friend requests, but you can hit the follow button and see the memes and random videos of dogs I post if you want to see that nice, really personal part of my life. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if there's anywhere else you want to connect, I'm sure I'm there. Pinterest, um, you can go to my website. It has all the links, coffeefuel.net. Very nice. Yeah. And so we'll leave it at that. We've got the Orlando Theater Hour coming up let's shake hands because i think that makes for good radio yes yeah. very nice okay we actually shook hands they know we shook hands i had to i had to validify people validity. understand people were listening there had i had to give some validity I'm sorry. <laughs> uh well thank you very much if you missed any of the show go to a certain degree.com and you will find it there uh next week around tuesday or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe if you would like it's your choice. You should subscribe. Well, I can't say that. I, but I would endorse it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Bethany Renelle Williams, we're going to leave it with uh, They Might Be Giants. This is from their album Severe Tire Damage Till My Head Falls Off on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to Odd Numbers. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to Odd Numbers, episode 27. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends, families, and neighbors about how great this show is. Also visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Just a reminder that this episode and every episode is recorded live on WPRK 91.5 FM. You can listen every Monday at 7 a.m. on your radio or streaming on the internet. That's when shows are at their peak freshness. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks.